Did you know that it is Asian American Pacific Islanders Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, like Carden, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Meath. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA Scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native, Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. The best part of spring cleaning is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out that you've been paying a fortune for wireless, and then Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data, unlimited talk and text, delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone and any Mint Mobile plan and bring your own phone number. Along with your existing contacts, ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. My team here, they're on Mint Mobile and they like it. For a fraction of the cost, Mint Mobile proves to have excellent coverage with no drop calls or unsent texts. Plus, they make it super easy for me to activate my device just by following a few simple steps online. And bam, done. To get this new customer offer and the new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash literally. That's mintmobile.com slash literally. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash literally. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speeds slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Charles! What's up, my brother? How are you? Man, I'm doing great. Hey, what's your fucking podcast called? It's called Literally with Rob Lowe. Hey, it's Rob. Welcome to Literally with me. Um, I'm so excited to have my man, Charles Barkley. I mean, just saying the name Charles Barkley is like seeing a dolphin in the wild. It just releases a good feeling in your body. Do you know what I mean? Who doesn't love Charles Barkley? Um, and for good reason. I mean, he's hilarious. Um, his insight, which I think you will find, um, to be pretty extraordinary. Uh, is amazing, and he's so damn entertaining, and he's in the Basketball Hall of Fame, man. He's the round mound of rebound. Come on. He's the man. So um, here we go with Charles Barkley. You got to download it, man. You got you got to hear the one I did with Magic. That was... We had Magic on uh, two weeks ago. Uh, uh, me, me, me and Ernie got one called The Steam Room. No way. Yeah, and uh, we had... Actually, we had our best one last week. We had Dr. Fauci on... No way. Uh, oh, yeah. He was amazing. I mean, he, he answered every question that any person like a layman would want to know without, you know, me and Ernie. And we just try to have fun. We had Magic on a couple of weeks ago. He was awesome. Well, I, first of all, give me give me a Fauci headline. What do I what do I need to know? Uh, he just talked about 
you know, because there's this bullshit about different types of blood makes you, you know, it's really helpful. He talked, he said, yeah, that is a true fact. Different types of blood makes you not immune, but like it's a lot harder chance of you getting it. That's funny. My wife was just telling me this and I was like, I don't know if I believe that. Yeah, he said it. Then I asked him because we had one of our reporters die like two weeks ago. And we had like one of my high school teammates die like the week of Christmas of COVID. And I says, why is it that some people just get a cold and some people are like dead? He says, I'll be honest with you, Charles, we have zero idea. I mean, he was really good as far as like he didn't give us. He just said, hey. We don't know a lot about this thing, mm-hmm. uh, but just just, uh, you know, because like I say, you're not going to get access to somebody that amazing and brilliant that you can just ask him anything. And he was just fabulous. God, that's so great. Magic was magic was great the week before that, too. He's so funny. I mean, we got, you know, because you and I and magic were of that. People don't know like how like kind of, not, close isn't the right word, but like how much we all were in each other's lives because you guys were the stars of the league. And I I was always around like, you know, <laughs> doing all of it. I mean, I just saw this documentary on the dream team. Is that an yeah. old documentary or is that I'm just coming to see it? You just coming to see it. It's been out for a while. It's pretty awesome, isn't it? Oh, my God. Is it good? It's so good. First of all, do you believe that that uh, Chuck Daly through the that first game against the college kids. <laughs> yeah, we talk first of all, I work with Grant Hill and C Webb, and they talk so much shit about it every oh, yeah. week. They're like they're the, you know, dream team only lost one game. That's first of all, we didn't lose the game. Chuck stopped it. After we started getting serious and got it back down to like two points, he called a game, which was really awesome on Chuck's part. Man, he was he, he was great. He was great with his like suits and he looked like he was out of the Sopranos. Oh man, he was him, him, Pat Riley. They wanted to be the best dressed guy in the building every single night. I mean, it was, I mean, they took great pride in it. I mean, Pac had a slick look, but Chuck, man, they used to call him Daddy Rich. That was a, the, the, the Pistons gave him that nickname, Daddy Rich, because he was like, he wanted to be a pretty, a pretty rich dude. It was awesome. Daddy Rich. It's such a good, and I always liked how Riley never, you know, he famous, he used to do that crouch. Oh, yeah. He do like the famous crouch with like the rolled up paper, like he'd pose. Oh, uh, like like he's just off the cover of GQ. Yeah, those those were those were the days. That Dream Team thing was that documentary. If you guys uh, listeners haven't l- looked at it, it's it's just fantastic. I mean, my I love the part where Coach K, the Bobby Hurley is interviewed, and Bobby Hurley is like, "Yeah, it was amazing. We were just flowing. We couldn't be stopped." <laughs> then it cuts to Coach K goes, "There are some people who believe in the Easter Bunny." But- and who believe in Santa Claus. And now that they're older, I'm sorry to tell them the game was thrown. Yeah, it's so funny because, like, first of all, these kids were like high school and uh, high school seniors and freshmen. And we were just screwing around for like the first 30 minutes. And then they're like, they're up. And then all of a sudden, they're like, yeah, we better stop this right now. And then we just start just kicking their ass, just kicking their ass. Then Chuck says, that's enough for today. No, oh, oh, ho, oh, hell no, coach. I mean, it was, it was, you just had to be there. Like, all the guys went crazy. Because, like I say, in the beginning, we were just like, these guys, some of them were in high school, and, and, most, of them, <laughs> and most of them were freshmen, so we didn't want to kill them. And then all of a sudden, they got a big lead, and we're out there joking around. It was the first day of practice, too, Rob. Like, we hadn't even, like um, – Got checked into the hotel, where, basically. Where was it? Was it in Portland? No, it was in uh, San Diego. Uh, okay. Yeah. 
Because I and came up to I came up to Portland for one of the practices, and that was yeah that the that was the uh, if I remember correctly, I think that was called a Tournament of the Americas. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that was a, like an um. So I tell you this story about Michael Jordan, who's fucking nuts. So we're playing. Um, I think it was Puerto Rico. So me and uh, Chuck Daly, David Robinson, and Michael wouldn't play golf that morning. So we played 18 holes and like, like Chuck's like, let's get back to the hotel and get some rest. And Michael's like, no, I'm going to play another 18. And, Chuck, and he's like, Michael, we got to, he said, don't worry about it, coach. I'll be fine. He plays another 18. He gets to the game and we're going over the starting lineup. He's like, uh, Patrick, you got this guy. Charles, you got this guy. Scotty, you got this guy. He's, this guy here. No, Michael, no, no, no. I got that little fucking point guard. And, I, and Chuck says, he's the point guard. You're the two guard. He says, no, no. That fucker says some shit about me in the newspaper. And this dude, man, guarded this guy like it was game fucking seven no. on the playoffs. I mean, after he, this A-Rob, after he had played 36 holes of golf, I mean, he, Chuck, Michael says, you got to, Michael looks at him like, I said, I got the guy. And Chuck said, okay, you got it. And man, you, I'm telling you, Michael guarded this guy like it was game seven. And he was talking to him the whole time. Don't you ever fucking say anything about me again. I'm fucking Michael Jordan. Don't you ever fucking say that. I don't care what country you're from. I mean, and we're sitting there like, this dude is crazy, man. It's awesome. (laughs) People have, I mean, like everybody knows the legend of Michael and how competitive he is. But when you, when you witness it firsthand, it's unreal. I, I was, um, I forget if you were on this team or not when, Magic used to have the big uh, summer game for his oh, charity, yeah. right? Yeah. I think you were on it, but I don't. I played it. I played it. I played it a bunch of them. That was crazy, though, wasn't it? Oh, I well, I coached one year, right? And um, and Michael was on my team with Magic. It was the first time they'd ever actually played on any team of any sort. And everybody, you know, nobody plays defense. The score was. I, yeah. I, I'm not kidding. It was like 230 to like 250, and. I had done nothing except sit and have fun and watch. And I realized, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be the coach. I should do something. So I called a 20 second timeout and it was like, you know, a minute left in the game, whatever. And, and Michael is seething, seething and, and magic's like laughing and patting everybody. And, and then he realized Michael's pissed and everybody kind of gets really quiet in the huddle. And everybody looks at Michael, like what's going on. He goes, you guys want to fucking win this thing. And it, like, it had never occurred to anybody. To win anything. And uh, and it was like, oh, okay. And everybody got really serious and it became it, a game. Yeah, because it, 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 it like, you just go to, we raised a, a ton of money for charity. Everybody's there to have fun. But Michael's a different dude, man. I mean, this, the, the other story during the Olympics, you, if you remember, and they talk about it a little bit, Tony Kuko uh, had signed with the Bulls. We hadn't played with the Bulls. But he was making more money than Scotty and Michael. Oh, and, it's, it, it, and so getting ready for the game, Michael and Scotty says, hey, you take him. I take him. Nobody else get to guard this fucking dude. And they talked about that in a documentary. This dude was averaging like 40 points a game, had like 10. I mean, they tra- they traumatized this dude. They took turns traumatizing Tony Kuko. It was unbelievable. I got to go back and watch that game. You got to go watch. They talk about it in the documentary. It's like, hey, they, they, they took it personal because he was making more money than him, than those two guys. And they literally locked him down. It was crazy. Well, see, this is okay. 
I, I knew we were going to go down this rabbit hole. This is why the NBA for me was great then. I, I, I look, I don't want to trash talk the NBA. It's pays your bills right now. It's all great. But dude, I don't, I, I'm not. These guys I'm are not friends. Feeling, I'm not, that's the, the problem. Yeah. Thank I mean, you. You know, you know, Magic and him and Bird are great friends now, but they wasn't great friends when they played each other. No. You, you know, uh, like, you know, something. Uh, hey, listen, I don't I never want to say anything bad about the NBA. They pay my bills. You are 100 percent correct. But sports to me are about competition going out there. Say, look at this guy. And I say, yeah, we're going to play today and I'm going to kick your ass or you're going to kick my ass. And we're going to shake hands after the game. But these guys out there be hugging and kissing and having fun together. I'm like, yo, man, that's not what sports are. And then I want to beat the best. I don't want to be friends with the best. I mean, uh, bragging rights. I mean, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, they want to beat each other, have bragging rights. Me and Patrick Ewan and Carmelo wanted to beat Michael so we can have bragging rights. Because that's the beauty of essence of sports, competition. So you get to brag like, I beat you. So uh, it's a little bit different now. They're all friendly now, and it's interesting to watch for me. You know, and they unchanged the rules where you, if you kiss somebody, it's a foul. Yeah, I mean, you know, a little peck on the cheek, two shot. That's a flagrant penalty. So <laughs> it kind of, <laughs> yeah. It, you know, it's so funny yeah. when we had when we had Magic on last week. He was talking about one of his biggest regrets, and he said. Uh, when they played the Lakers for the championship, and it's that famous play with Kevin McHale, uh, clothesline, Kurt Rambis. Oh, yeah. And he says, we had a better team. But after that foul, we spent the rest of the series trying to be tough and bully the Celtics. And we ended up losing the series because we didn't think about playing basketball. Mm-hmm. But the point I was trying to make was, they didn't even toss people out the game back then. <laughs> I know. I mean, yeah, you go back and look at one thing about that other than that. I don't know if you've seen that Jordan documentary. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, of course. It's, a, it's amazing. But what I forgot about, I mean, even because I'm obviously in that exact same time period, how bad the Pistons beat the hell out of him. Oh. I mean, like, it, when I was looking at that documentary, like, damn, they tried to kill this dude. Mm-hmm. And there was no flagrant fouls. You just got two free throws. You got, <laughs> you got, you got that one famous um, scene where Dennis Robin just knocked Scotty into like the third row of the stands. And it's like just two foul shots. I mean, it's, it's amazing the, the lack of physicality in the game today. I mean, uh, I, they always trying to compare. I said, oh, Steph Curry is a great player. Steph Curry's a great player, but anybody who think he could take those beatings that Michael Jordan took, or we had hand checking, or that Reggie Miller took going through screens. Yes. So if anybody, like I say, I don't ever want to hate on these young guys, but you have to be fair. I love Steph Curry, but if you go back and look at some of those shots Michael took against the Pistons for three years before they beat him, they didn't beat him to the fourth year. But the beating he took those first three years, the quote unquote Jordan rules, um, that when that documentary made me respect Michael even more. I knew he was the greatest, but to come through and, he, you know, the thing he don't do like they do today. He did like, I'm not going to play with no other guys. I'm just going to get. Well, that's bigger. what I was going to say. He didn't go to when he when he couldn't get past the Pistons for three years. He didn't go. I know I'll go play for the Pistons uh, or, or no. He just said, I'm going to keep getting bigger and stronger. And if you notice, looking at his body, he picked up probably 20 to 30 pounds of muscles uh, between the uh, early in his career. He put on at least 30 pounds of muscle. I mean, because at one point, you know, his body was the best as good as the body can get. 
Yep. I mean, that's as good as a gay, uh, you know, you can do, you know, him, Carl Malone, uh, Scotty Pippen, you know, those guys had three uh, Kobe's in that conversation also and Tiger Woods um, and obviously LeBron today. I mean, these guys got the most amazing bodies you ever going to see. Who, who would you least want to try to body up? By the way, nobody bodies up anybody, so you don't need to worry yeah. about it. It doesn't happen. Yeah, today. true. But uh, like in if you in your prime, when you used to just murk people with your body, who who today would you not want a part of? No, I don't look at it like that. You, hmm. you know, you know, I, I it, like it'd be great to play against LeBron. Yeah, that's what I was uh, thinking. Or, or Kevin Durant, even though he's a little a frail little thing, but he's a you great, great him. player. Have you ever looked at Kevin Durant's ankles? Hey, it's he's, fascinating he, to look at Kevin Durant's ankles. They're nothing. Some, they're little toothpicks. It, I, it's amazing, you know. And the thing that was funny, they used to remember when he came into the league, he couldn't bench press 185 pounds. And they're like, I think at the at the comp, combine, he did it like once and couldn't get it up. And people are like, this guy might. We don't know if he's gonna be a great player. And and one of the guys says, Yeah, basketball is not that heavy though, uh, which was <laughs> one of the great lines of all time. He's like, Yeah, yeah, basketballs aren't heavy. Yeah. This is not a weightlifting contest out here. Yeah, I say because I know a lot of guys who are really strong can't play worth the shit. So oh. this is not a weightlifting contest out here. Yeah, that's the other thing is I bet you the dudes today are doing way different things with their free time than you guys were doing. First of all, the internet was not how, how this is good. I don't mean to make you sound old because we're basically hey, the same that's age. Only, it's hey, good. hey, listen, hey, it's good to get old. It, hey, listen, I used to be I used to make fun of old people. Now I'm one of them. It's just not funny. <laughs> like you old man, you're old. And now I'm like, uh oh, I know it, it happened. But can you imagine there was no internet in those days. Now these guys are in their hotel rooms with, the, with all of of that up there. At their fingertips, what it must be like to be on the road now. You know what's crazy? I, you know, I, I, watching TV shows. Now I like when they come up with something. It's funny. Like I'm trying to figure. Like every kid, like all our kids think there's always been an internet. Rob, that's the shit mm-hmm. that's funny. Like everybody born at a certain age think there was an internet. I says no. None of us had cell phones. Like every kid now got a cell phone. I think the first time I got a uh, I used a cell phone. It was one of those big ass block things about this long, and you and like and it wasn't even yours. And then yeah, one the, of those, the, those Gordon Gecko cell phones yeah, from Wall Street yeah, where he pulls exactly. it out the size of his head. Yeah. So and uh, I don't even remember. I can't. I wish the first time I got a cell phone, it was still pretty clunky, if I remember correctly. Yeah. But, you know, the one thing about it, though, Rob, if you got any bad habits, you know, you see uh, you can't have bad habits and play sports because you get a lot of free time. Mm. And, uh, you know, no matter what your advice is, you have to really be careful because with all that free time, if you don't keep your head on uh, straight and on a swivel, because there's always somebody coming for you. You know, anytime you got money, people coming for you. I mean, if I hear if I hear this phrase, I got a way we can make a lot of money. I'm like, I got a lot of money. Don't be bringing me no cheap ass deals. I mean, but people bring you people be bringing you bullshit deals all the time, man. If I'm telling you, if I if I had a dollar every time, I, hey, I got a way we can make a lot of money. I have twice as much money as I got now, and they're always shit ideas too. Because what they really mean is, hey, I don't have any money. Let's let me borrow some of your money and throw it at this shit idea, and then if it go bad, you lose your money. Because, because <laughs> I, yeah, I know no, I don't want that shit. I said because you know. I tell these young guys, man, you know, 80 percent, 80 percent of professional athletes go broke. 
And that's really unfortunate and sad. I tell these young guys, hey, man, you got to learn the magic word. No. Just tell them no. You don't have to take care of everybody in your family. You don't have to take care of all your brothers and sisters. And your, If you want to do something nice for them, that's fine. But let me tell you something. You don't have to take care of your whole family and all everybody in the neighborhood because you're going to go broke. No matter how much money you make, you're going to go broke if you spend it like crazy or taking care of everybody you grew up with. So do you really – this is a really interesting because I had never thought of it in that way. So really what it is is in the sort of therapy recovery community, we would say they're being codependent. They can't say no they want to be loved. They want to be liked. And that is fueling bad decisions. And it, it's not it's not that they're making bad investment decisions. They're codependent trying to help people. Yeah. But, you know, Dr. Fields said something to me one time. Uh, we were in Vegas one time gambling and he always said money don't solve money problems. And I was like, I don't know what the hell that means, but it sounds interesting. He was really nice and awesome. And we were sitting there playing blackjack. And I said, hey, Doc, why do you say that money don't solve money problems? He says, you just can't throw money at people and think it's going to solve all their problems. Listen, when people start spending more money than they got, that's a lack of discipline, a lack of uh, pride and self-esteem. You know how much money you got. You should stay within your means. But to just give people money, uh, it's not a good thing. Uh, It took me a long time to learn that, too. I'm not just talking out of my ass. I mean, I I probably gave away $3 million to family and friends that I'll never see again. And you said something very interesting. Hey, trying to get everybody to like you, that ain't going to happen. That's not going to happen. People, because the first time you tell people no, they mad. Mm -hmm. Grant Hill's mom, on the second dream team, Grand Hill mom gave me the best advice that I never listened to. <laughs> um, this is a true story. We're sitting uh, in Atlanta. I was having lunch uh, with her and Calvin and Grant. And they said, oh, well, Charles, we're only going to be here like a few days because Calvin's got to get back to work. And at that time, Grant had just signed for $100 million. I said, Miss Hill, Grant just signed for $100 million. Then he's going to take care of his you and Calvin, he said, Charles, sit your ass down right here and let me talk to you. Don't you start taking care of all your family and friends. Number one, they never going to stop. But he said, the main thing is the first time you tell them, no, they're going to hate you forever. You can give them a million dollars. If they need another 200,000, if you don't give it to them, they're going to hate you forever. And that's, and every time I see her, that's the best advice I ever got. And I did not listen. It took me probably another three or four years to realize that, man, she's right. These people are never going to stop asking me for money. And I, I, I'm going to go broke. So it was the best advice I got, and I didn't listen. So when I got a chance to talk to these young guys, I tell them, yo, man, if you want to do something nice for your mom and dad or maybe something, but don't take care of them and just put them on the payroll and just get them unlimited access to your money. Don't do that. Do they listen? Some of them do. You got to understand something, Rob. You got the way it works is you got the good guy on his shoulder. And then you got that other little guy on the show saying, oh, don't listen to those old guys. They're just hating on you, man. We've been with you through this whole journey. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it is it is just like that. They're like, it's somebody on the other side that oh, man, screw Charles Parker. He don't know what it's like to be us. We grew up together. You got to take care of us. I mean, we're your boys. We're your family. We're your friends. 
And it's exactly like that. If they, if you got two people on those shoulders and they're saying the exact like, opposite of what you're saying. Say, yo, man, save your money. Put your money in the in, uh, in the bank. Get you a good financial advisor. You know, uh, you know, Robert, like, it's like when I first got there, Dr. J, who was great to me, him and Moses are really amazing. And I had like a bunch of cars. And Dr. J says, how many of those cars can you drive at the same time? I said, what do you mean? <laughs> he said, what do you mean? He says, well, how many can you drive at the same time? I said, only one. He said, well, why do you need those other five? And he said, Charles, if people know who you are. You don't have to have a bunch of different cars or flashy cars. You're, you, you're fucking Charles Barkley. Everybody know you. Don't waste your money, son. This money, because the money you make got to last you your whole life. Because no matter how great you are at your sport, you're going to be retired at 30-something. And, and hopefully you'll live a long life after that. But that money you make when you play sports, it's got to last you your whole life. So they said, hey, take all them damn cars back. You need one car. And I always tell these guys now, hey, if, buy one car. If you want two, uh, that's fine. But you don't need more than two cars. You really only need one. But to have a bunch of cars is just stupid. Because he says to me something interesting, I tell these young guys, it's not the fact that you can't afford all those cars, but all that money sitting in your garage in 5, 10, 15, 20 years, it could be worth four times that much instead of just sitting in your stupid garage. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great economics that, that people don't know, you know? They, they probably never grew up with hearing that kind of stuff. Well, because the guys, listen, it's a very difficult thing because you wake up one day and you got millions of dollars. And first of all, you're like, okay, I'm 20 years old. Jeez. I'm going to make a lot. I'm going to make this money a long time. So giving 10,000, 20,000, 5,000, 3,000 to 20, 30, 20 people, it don't yep. sound like a lot. But then it starts adding up really fucking quickly. Because I think one thing I always tell people, they ain't got no perception of what taxes is. They're like, I saw, yo, Charles, you made $6 million this year. Yeah, I don't take $6 million home, fool. I mean, that's what you, they're like, because when they start putting uh, anybody, yours, mine, anybody play a sport, when they start putting all these salaries in the, in the newspaper, that's when all hell started breaking loose for these guys. They're like, oh, my God, they know exactly how much every single person makes now. And, and, and that, that was a direct correlation when guys started being, man, my family is killing me. You know, Rob, I yeah. tell you about, we, I talked about, <laughs> I talked about this with Magic the other day. You know, you know, people look at how much these guys make today and number one, bless them. But I was telling the story, this is how old I am, just to be honest with you. I remember the first time Magic Johnson signed for a million dollars. We were walking around the locker room high-fiving each other. Mm. We couldn't be like, we couldn't believe an NBA player made a million dollars. I mean, you know, guys now, the average salary is, I think it's like $8 million. We got guys making $30, $40 million. Uh, bless them, I said. But, like, I said, yo, oh, man, we – and I'm with Dr. J, mm. Moses, Maurice Cheeks, and Andrew Tony. We were high-fiving each other because we couldn't believe they going to pay an NBA player a million dollars. And it, it, that, it's crazy. It's unreal. But like you say, 
It's a, it's such a limited, you could blow a knee out. Who knows? I mean, I, oh. I never, I never, by the way, I never begrudge anybody, any, any success on any level, anywhere, anyhow, any actor, any musician, any, anybody, any businessman. I, I, I'm like, I've never hated on people in that way. I think. No. And, 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 and like I say, uh, I made more money than uh, Dr. J, uh, Bill Russell, Kareem. Those guys are obviously better players to me. And now these guys make more money than me. So that's all just, hey, inflation, uh, television networks, which I'm part of now. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. You guys are the best show on TV. You know that. Everybody knows that. You guys are, I mean, between you and Shaq and um, – I mean, there's so many things I love on your show. Hey, you look. By the way, I was saying you look like you've lost weight to me. For you sure. know, uh, I'm trying to get there. You know, I got two new hips, so I, there's no reason for me to be fat and lazy anymore. Mm. Uh, I got two new hips in the last couple of years. I'm, you know, but I've gained like 70 pounds uh, since I retired. Well, that's a lot. Actually, 82, but I didn't want to tell you that. <laughs> um, but uh, so I'm going to spend the next year and a half to two years getting myself in shape because my doctor told me, he says, Chuck, you see a lot of fat young people, but you don't see no fat old people. Uh, so the, so you really need to get yourself in shape. Um, yeah, no, it's it's you. I think you look I think you look great as it in done wonders for the golf swing. The crazy hitches out of the golf swing. It looks like from what I can see watching yeah, from afar. Yeah. Hey, let me tell you something, man. Nobody has worked harder. Nobody in this world has worked harder on their golf game. I met a guy named Stan Utley a couple of years ago. He's one of the best teachers in the world, one of the best guys in the world. My, my friends call him Mr. Miyagi. I found my Mr. Miyagi, and he took the time. I mean, he worked with all the pros, but he took the time to work with me. He's one of my neighbors in Scottsdale. And I, and I had really pretty much given up thinking I was going to get better at golf. I'm not going to lie. And he said, hey, let me spend some time with you. And I and I kind of was reluctant, to be honest with you, because I was like, yo, man, I've tried everything. And let me tell you all something. Don't fall for that bullshit on no hypnosis. I got hypnotized by a dude. I just got a good fucking nap. I woke up with the same shitty swing. I was like, I, you know, I fell for that trick. I flew to L.A. I saw this guy do a halftime show. He had people doing crazy shit, Rob. I'm like, this guy, yeah, I can fix your golf swing. You're going to wake up. You're going to be awesome. I woke up. I've got a good little ass nap out of it, but I woke up with the same shitty golf swing. But I had good hypnosis. You I, did? Yes. I, I See, I think there's a th I know that certain people are more susceptible to it than others. I know that's sort of a fact. My mom was like she could go to an auditorium full of people and whatever the person on stage was being told to do, that would happen to her in the audience. And I think I inherited it because I, the one, well, I was hypnotized a couple of times. The one time I really remember I was a really young kid and I was getting bullied at school and I just moved uh, to a new school. And there was this one guy who just loved to give me trouble and like, you know, assault before, try to punch me just all this stuff and he was huge and so i was hypnotized um to like you know not be scared stand up for myself all that stuff the next day the next morning i go to school the guy says something to me and i broke his nose broke it didn't you, didn't you know all bullies are punks all you gotta do is hit them one time rob well, that's why they listen every bully i've ever known in my life he, he like as long as you but the one time they get their ass kicked, or if somebody hit them, they'll fold like a chair. 
It's I didn't know that. I didn't know that. And by the way, I didn't I didn't have the whatever in me to to do anything. The hypno but the hypnosis it because I went from one day being terrified hypnosis. Next day, whammo. I like it. But you know what you should do to really fuck him up? Just mm. send him notes about your fucking Rob Lowdown. He's probably got a fucking loser life. That's what you should do. <laughs> That's like like once a month, you should send him a picture like, I'm fucking Rob Lowe. How you like and me you, now? And yeah, yeah. Who the fuck are you now? We're, and where are you anyway? That's amazing. I mean- <laughs> Hold the thought. We'll be right back. If you're thinking about doing some home remodeling, check out Window World. Go to windowworld.com and check out their Windows Inspiration Guide. The guide is a dream book of page after page of beautiful windows. It's not just about how good they look. These beauties earned the Good Housekeeping Seal and Energy Star Certification. Go to windowworld.com to schedule your free consultation. Tell them you heard about it here on Literally with me, Rob Lowe, Window World, America's Exterior Remodeler. Well, you know, no two travelers are exactly alike, and that means no two trips should be either. Texas, vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activity allow for such an infinite number of different travel experiences. I mean, I love Texas. I go like this. The people of Dallas, the culture of Austin, and I love any time I get there. If you're a beach person, well, you can go have fun in the sun with Texas 350 miles of coastline. If you're a rugged vacation type, there's campgrounds, hiking trails, state parks, golf is nuts there, foodies, you got your Texas barbecue and live music in Austin. And of course, if you're into the cowboy scene, you can certainly find it there. And now, Travel Texas offers a -a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom trip matched to their own unique interests. So visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters, yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. Hey, listeners. Ever have trouble getting someone on the phone when you have a question about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, so I got to ask you this. Uh, uh, you're, like I said, your show's genius. You and Shaq, all you guys, it's so good. I, I Honestly, I, I'd almost rather watch the show than the games a lot of times. I know I'm not alone in that. In that. But your like rabbit hole about San Antonio, uh, women in San Antonio is the greatest thing ever. It, and it's just a joke. I, of course uh, it's a joke. Yeah, I know, but see, some people are sensitive. Okay, so Rob, the reason our show works, okay, so we are- By the way, only- I had to ask you that because my boys were like, you have to ask Charles about San Antonio. They, they were the ones who made my, I'm like, I will, because I know it's a joke. It's funny. So, and, and the people of San Antonio uh, were awesome when I went down there. They had all these girls come up who were hot and wearing Charles Barkley Sucks t-shirts. It was Amazing. really fun. I, you know what? I just want people to laugh and watch stupid basketball. 
That's what I want to do. Yeah. I was, uh, you know, I tell people, you know, man, we're on from eight to two in the morning. Nobody want to watch basketball from eight to two in the morning. That's I, I get paid to do it. I don't want to do it. So I just want people to watch our show and just laugh their ass off. And, and I'm hoping that basketball is good, but it's still eight to two in the morning. And like, I can sit there and say, well, this is how you pay a pick and roll. They're going under, they're going over, they're hedging. This is a zone. This is a two, three zone. This is a one, three, one zone. Like, yo, man, I don't want to hear that shit from, from eight to two in the morning. I want to watch basketball and I want to laugh. And I give the people around us a lot of credit behind the scenes. They work their butt off. Uh, they make, uh, they give, they make us laugh more than we make them laugh. Uh, but man, I, Ernie Kidd and Shaq, we, Ernest Ashley, the only one who works hard, to be honest with you, like he has to know all the segment stuff. Oh yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. And me, Ken and, 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 and Ernie, me, Kenny and Shaq just go out there and act like we're in a locker room with the fellas, uh, having a good time. And that's but what Ernie, works. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's what works. But like I say, the key is, you know, man, nobody want to be serious from eight to two in the morning. They want to laugh and have a good time. So there's sometimes I think Shaq's asleep. Oh, that's probably because he is. Right? I, I will tell you this. The one thing that concerns me about Shaq, Shaq is the hardest working dude. In the world. In the world. In the world, and, yeah. And uh, he has, like, he has something to do every day. And I worry about him. Uh, like, Every weekend, now, you know, he's a DJ on the weekend or he's shooting a commercial or he's making appearances. And I'm not even exaggerating, Rob. I'm talking about like every single week he's working. Uh, like sometimes we'll get up like, I got an appearance in New York. Like when we get off at two, he heads to the airport to fly somewhere. And I, and I say, I say, yo, man, first of all, you got plenty of money. You never. And I tell him, I said, are you trying to recapture being Shaquille O'Neal? And we're having a serious conversation. Mm -hmm. He says, what do you mean? I says, there's nothing better than being Shaquille O'Neal. There's, there's nothing, there's nothing going to be better than being Charles Barkley. That's over with. We got lucky to be that person for that short extended period of time. This thing you're chasing where you just going, if I work all the time and do all this other crap, I'm going to get that same type of rush. No, it doesn't work like that. Like, um, Magic Johnson, he's a, a billionaire, great businessman. You know, he really taught us brothers how to be businessmen. But I guarantee you, being Magic Johnson, the, the great businessman, ain't near as great as being Magic Johnson, Showtime Lakers. Yeah. Because right. that is such, uh, I, I don't need, uh, it's just such an amazing thing when you're really good at something and everybody's watching. And that's the only thing that concerns me about Shaquille because, man, this dude works all the time. And I don't know why. I mean, you can, yeah. I mean, I want to play golf and fish. I ain't going to even lie. I want to play golf. If I could play golf and fish every day, uh, same. I same. would do, I would, I would do it. 100% same. By the way, what, when you fit, what are you lake fish, ocean fish? Do you care? No, yeah, I know. I do care. I don't like the ocean fish. I've done well, it. Probably okay, three okay. Okay. Let's talk. So I hear this a lot. I don't get it. Like my dad's the same. He does. He doesn't care about ocean fishing. My son 
only fishes in the ocean. He's got his commercial fisher's license, the whole thing. He's an expert, expert, expert at it. And he doesn't want to go fish in the... So what, what, is it just where you grew up and what you're used to? Well, uh, uh, that's a great point. Uh, growing up in Alabama, uh, there's nothing but lakes and ponds. So right. that, But I did try... I don't like being on a boat uh, out there. I ain't going to lie. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, that was one time I was at the Bahamas. I think I was with the Globetrotters. We went down there on vacation to have some fun. And we were downstairs drinking, having a good time. But they're going to take us out way out the the fish. Yeah. Marlin fishing. Yeah. And so we come up and I can't see land. I said, oh, shit. Oh, (laughs) shit. I can't do this, y'all. I can't, I, I said, I can't, I don't, my, my heart started racing because I was telling myself, if something go wrong, I need to be able to see land. If, if something happened to that boat, I'd have started swimming. I might've been going further out in the ocean. I don't even know. Yeah. that's So I'm like, I'm like, yo man, I need to see land. I, I can't, I, I can't even enjoy myself because I can't see land. And uh, it was scary. Well, that will do it. That's the answer. You know, you got to be on a boat to be in the ocean. Yeah, I, I know that, though, but I want to be able to see land wherever I'm at, brother. I need because I know it's not. Listen, well, I'm not a stud anymore. But back in the day, I was a stud. I said, I don't care how far I am away from land. I can make it Hey, like right now. I can't swim the length of a swimming pool without getting tired. But back when I was 20 something, if I see land, if it was 100 miles away, I think I can make it. That's yeah. Yeah. Well, we got to fish. We got to fish. We got to, we got to golf. We got to do it all in this, hey, all this. I, 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 I tell you what, I would love to go golfing with you, but I tell you what, just because of you, because I got a lot of love for you. And, and first of all, versa. don't have your flunkies calling people either trying to get in touch with me. Tell me, I didn't have your number. Like Lon Rosen calls me. He's like, Hey, Rob wants you to do his podcast. Of course I'll do his podcast. And then TNT's like, Hey, do you know Rob Lowe? I said, yeah, I know Rob Lowe. Like, He's been calling. I said, I said, we got it now. I've been talking to Rob. Dude, you can pick up the phone. I didn't have your, I don't have okay. the digits. Okay. Uh, I got the uh, digits now. Okay. Well, listen, I tell you, like, the point I was make was I'll be, I would love, I'll take another chance on the ocean fishing with you. <laughs> well, I want to, I, I took up golf, man. I, I, it's I'm, the greatest thing ever, isn't it? I, what's so addicting, when I go to sleep every single night, the last thoughts I have are about my golf swing. Hey, let me tell you something. Golf is the only thing in my life. Like I got tired of playing basketball at times because you're like, man, I'm tired of this. I need a break. I can play golf every single day. I love to walk. Mm -hmm. And then Listen, and we we out there with that's the closest I'm gonna get to the locker room locker room again. Right, being out there with these three guys who are all has beens just like myself, <laughs> and we just talk shit to each other because we can't play anything anymore but golf. <laughs> and it, 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 there's nothing better than to talking to playing with old retired jocks because all we got is the good old days, and we are all couple of us are good at golf, couple of us are mediocre, some of us are bad. But just being out there with each other, walking, I love the difference between the East Coast and the West Coast. Like when I'm in Arizona, the courses are beautiful, but it's target golf. Yeah. But I but I live in Philadelphia during the summer, and they got those big old trees. Oh, it's beautiful, and, isn't it? Oh, I, I love it. I love yeah. being out there just walking around. And to get there's trees everywhere. There's no autographs. There's no pictures. There's just 
some cigar smoking, some trash talking, and you Ugh. just get a four to five hour break and just have fun with the people you want to be with. You're you're speaking my language, yeah. man. Because I tell people, people are nice, but when you go to the supermarket, people want to talk to you. Right. When you go to the dry cleaner, people want to talk to you. You have to be on and nice all the time. I love when I can go to the golf course with my guys and like, yo, man, I can relax. I can say fuck shit, whatever I want to. I can call them names and don't, and nobody's around to hear it and like might report it or something. So I, uh, I, I love being with my guys on the golf course, man. It's just nothing like it. I, I, um, one of my favorite times with you, uh, Charles, I'll never forget was we were at the, um, at the the famous the famous uh, like Tahoe celebrity golf thing, you 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 were playing in it. I was not. I was there visiting, but we all got together. So this, I don't know if you remember at the this is who was at the blackjack table. You, Michael, Mario Lemieux, Pete Sampras. I mean, it's like like a Hall of Fame of Hall of Fame. And, Man, and you guys, but here's the best though. You guys were were playing double hands not paying any attention at all to the game because you were also playing the craps table that was right in front of you. It was epic. I could not believe what was going on. I miss Pete. Yeah. Uh, I miss Pete. Pete was, Pete was a lot more fun in person than he showed on television. Totally. I mean, he, he was awesome to be around. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you, why don't you play in Tahoe? I'm going to, here's the thing. I stopped playing for 25 years when I had my kids. I stopped the game 100% stopped. And Bro, now we're, and we're old. What else are we going to fucking do? I, I know I got to do it. I'm I'm back, man. I'm a, I'm a 14, a legit 14. And so it's right. I think that's what you want going into a tournament. Feels like the perfect candy cap. I could be really helpful. Well, it, no, you play your own ball in Tahoe. It's, it's just, it, there's no strokes in Tahoe. It's just oh, really? mono, mono. Oh, yeah. It's mono a mono. Yes. And, but listen, there's only three jackasses there that are trying to win the tournament. The other 60 guys are there just to have fun. Right. Because the one, the one thing about Tahoe, number one, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. But for some reason, it's like the only place in the world that's not hot in the middle of the summer. It's, it's crazy. Like, no matter where you're at in the country, it's hot as hell during the summer. Every year I've been to Tahoe, and I think I just finished my 25th year. Yeah. It's going to be 70 degrees, a little breeze, and the water's going to be perfect. That's the first thing I put on my schedule every year. Okay, I'm going to do it because here's why. What I real I, I was training for the AT&T, and then I realized it's always going to be right in the middle of my season shooting 911 Lone Star. I can't yeah. do it this in mid February. Summer, I can do it. What are the what are the what are the dates on Tahoe again? Is it It's like Ju the third week in July. Oh, hey, yes. what was the asshole on your show last year? It, it, you went to play golf with him, didn't you? Which would what's this? What? Uh, on your show, you played golf with this oh, guy. Oh, the asshole. Yeah, yeah, and he got hit by lightning. Yes. That was pissing me off. Yeah, he got hit by yeah. lightning. But did you like See, my swing? I, I, I like that you're watching the show. I come on, man. Come on, man. I'm gonna support you. I always have. Let me tell you something. Uh, I your best work. No, I shouldn't say that because that make it sound like you ain't did other work. Uh, the West Wing was one of the great shows that I've ever seen. I'm oh, not just man. blowing smoke up your ass. 
Uh, the, you know, you go back and look at all the characters. You know, I'm starting to look at a bunch of old stuff during the pandemic. Like, like my new love is uh, Billions. Yeah. It's Holy right. shit. Like billions is my new thing now, man. I'm like, I, I, I had, cause I'm not big on watching uh, like series like that. Uh, cause I, you know, I just don't have the, uh, you know, people talking about they binge watch. I'm like, yeah, man. I'm like, I only thing I'm going to binge is I watch, I watch a lot of golf or a lot of, of, of sports, but I'm not going to binge watch shows. Yeah. I'm same. I, uh, and thank you. That's so sweet. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. Binge watching for me is, you know, yeah, it's hard. It's hard. My 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 wife Cheryl loves it. The boys love it, but I'm like, I'm such a boring dude. It's like it's Golf Channel, you know. It used to be news. I, I, can't you know, do that anymore. Let me tell you something. Uh, you can't watch the news. I totally agree with you. I, I'm such an addict on the uh, Golf Channel. I can know who's swinging before they put their name up there. That's how much like I'm addicted to the Golf Channel. And but the thing that happened to me. The reason I lost my swing in the first place, I was taking lessons from every single Tom, Dick, and Harry. Yeah. And so I started watching the Golf Channel, trying to get better. So now it's like, man, it's just fun watching golf. It's beautiful somewhere. And But then, like I say, I, I finally found the right teacher. But, man, I, 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 I can watch. And I'm not even – everybody knows Sergio and Tiger and Justin Thomas and D- Dustin Johnson. I know guys – like rank 100 in the world. I'm like, oh, that's what's his name. Swing right there. Yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. I, I, the t- tiger is one guy I've never met. I've never met tiger. I'm dying to meet tiger. He's the goat. He's the goat of goats. I hear such, yeah. such he's like, he's like Michael in that. His career speaks for itself, but the stories that you hear yeah. about what a gnarly badass he is are unbelievable. You know, uh, me and Tiger used to be really close. And then when the stuff happened, he disappeared. And I do agree with you. He's the GOAT. I just hope he's happy and at peace with himself. Yeah. You know, the one thing that I try to always instill in him is, you know, man, everybody's not going to like you. The notion that everybody's going to like you, that's stupid and absurd. This uh, people... People don't, especially if you're successful. And now it's gotten worse because of the internet. Like every person who lives with their parents and in their basement in the all day uh, in the pajamas just think they have the right to be an asshole and comment on every person's because they too busy not doing stuff themselves. Mm-hmm. But this dude, uh, he 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 was. I played. I probably played golf with Tiger probably ten to twenty times, and it was amazing every single time because. You know, you know, Robert, some guys hit the ball. You're like, like you'd be standing on the tee and you're like, what was that? Like Tiger hit the ball. Man, that sure sound different than when other guys hit it. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow. So I, I, I just hope he's at peace with himself. But I tell all these guys, yo, man, don't ever confuse what you making people money that they like you. This is a business arrangement. This is a they're paying you all that money so they can make more money. But never confuse it with they like you. Uh, this is a business deal. That's why you have to really make a conscious effort to, figure, to, to get rid of the people around you who don't have your best interest. Um, you got to you got to really uh, you have to really surround yourself with good people because this thing ain't easy either. I tell people 
hey, this shit ain't easy at all. <laughs> hey, you ask anybody who's in the limelight, it looks like it's all roses. Hell no. I think we got, <laughs> I think you and I got it, got it at the right. I mean, like, obviously I'm still, we're both still in it, but like, I think I was saying, okay, I was thinking about this the other day. If you could go, if you could pick one year and go back in time and just have fun and not give a crap and just run amok and be and do let your id out and that party do like I think it would be a year that I lived through. I think it would be like probably 1984 or 85. And I like I don't want to go back to the 17th century. I don't want to go back to 1968 in the summer. Of hey, 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 dude, I got it. We got hey, it. We did it, bro. Hey, I'll take them fucking all for the last 30 years. You know, yeah, okay, <laughs> Man, that's true me, too. No, no, I'm gonna tell you something. I'm I've had an awful, awesome life. I, 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 you know, I'm a fat kid from Alabama who grew up to be Charles Barkley. I'll be 58 years old tomorrow. Oh, well, congrats, man. Happy birthday. Thank you, brother. I can't believe my life. Uh, uh, two of my brothers have passed away at a younger age. My mother and grandmother gone. I got one brother left. I've exceeded all my expectations. And I'm not trying to be all humble and whatever. I'm the luckiest fucking dude in the world. I got to dribble a stupid basketball. I've been everywhere in the world almost. And now I get paid to talk about it. So I, I ain't got no claim. Uh, my heart is breaking now for this, this COVID situation. Uh, I told you, uh, I lost one of our, one of our guys on TV uh, like last two weeks ago. And he was like 45 years old. Mm. And then I lost one of my high school teammates the week before Christmas. Uh, so my, my real heart breaks for everybody out here affected by the COVID situation. But really breaks my heart also is all the people who lost their jobs, lost their businesses that they're never going to get back. Yeah. And so I, I ain't got no complaints, man. Uh, I really don't. I, I've been so lucky and blessed. And I, you, and I know you're in the exact same situation, man, because I, I tell people all the time, are you serious? This, if somebody, even if I was the cocky, cocky some bitch in the world, when I was living in those projects in Leeds, Alabama, a town of a couple thousand people, if somebody told me my life 40 years, 50 years later was going to be like all the stuff I've done, I'd be like, yeah, man, you need to stop smoking that stuff. Yeah, I mean, uh, for sure. I, I'm like, come on, man. Are you serious? I'm gonna do this and this and this and this. Like, I, it's crazy. Uh, uh, and like I say, I'm not trying. I, I really think, man, I'm so lucky and blessed that, uh, like I say, if, if I die tomorrow, I just need five minutes. To say, big fella, thank you. This is amazing. What I I've been here 58 years and I did some amazing things in my life. I remember. I got a picture on my wall of me and President Obama. We're standing there. He said, I was there to interview him for, for something. And he says, Chuck, you ever been in the Oval Office? I said, oh, yeah, I go there all the time. And he starts laughing. I said, dude, <laughs> nobody goes in the Oval Office. And he took me, he take me in the Oval Office. And I don't even know they're taking a picture. And they take a picture of me and him standing in the Oval Office. And I get it in the mail. Like a month later, and I'm like, "What the hell is this?" And I and I called uh, call, and he says, uh, "I sent you that." And I said, 
and he put it, I guess they put it out. And my friends were calling me like, yo, man, this is like the coolest thing ever happened in my life. And I'm like, what are you talking <laughs> about? I said, we live in a, a town of a couple thousand people. You're standing in the White House, in the Oval Office with President Obama, and you are our friend. This is, the, <laughs> And I was like, wow, that's pretty special. Yeah. I mean, and it's one of my most prized possessions. Oh, wow. I mean, how many people get to stand in the Oval Office? That's, that's amazing. It, it, it's amazing. And like I say, my, my friends are like, wow, man, this is amazing. We're so happy for you and proud of you. But I was like, so, man, I, I really, like I say, yeah. and I, I look at your life. I mean, you've had an amazing career. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, the longevity the way you have reinvented yourself. So let me ask you this question on your show. How much medical shit did you have to learn? Oh God. I, well, you know, Charles, I can fake do a lot of things. I can fake, <laughs> I can be a, I can be a fake doctor. Like man, dude, if something were to happen, a medical emergency, I could almost help. I could really almost do it. Um, I can fake shoot a gun. Great. I can fit all the stuff as an actor. You learn over the years. I could fake fighting. Here's the real problem. I've, I've done nothing but other than the time I went into hypnosis and punched yeah. a guy in the nose. The only fighting I've ever done has been on screen where you're trained to miss a guy by six inches. So like if I were to get in a fight, I'd be like swinging and missing everybody on purpose. So <laughs> everything I've ever learned to do on screen is all, it's all such fake bullshit. But that said, I have my knowledge is what's that old saying? It's it's a, it's a mile wide, but it's only an inch deep. Yeah, because, I you know, I always wonder. Uh, I mean, obviously, when you doing a medical show, because like, because one of my favorite shows is The Good Doctor. Yeah, I love that show. It's I good, love good The Good show. Doctor. Yeah, he yeah, he's on my bucket list of people I want to meet. Uh, that good actor, great, that guy. Yeah, he's unbelievable. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, him and Idris Elbow Elbow, they they on my bucket list uh, of people I want to meet. I met Idris. So I, he's a great dude. He's, I, he's so I, impressive. Yeah, yeah he's a great guy. You know, it, that's the one thing about see one really cool thing like. I remember the first time I met you. I'm like, <laughs> no, and, and I'm not just saying that. Like, when you meet somebody who you've seen, and they're and like, it's pretty cool. I mean, and I mean that sincerely. Like, when the first time I met you, I'm like, damn, this is cool. That's like the first time we were playing the Lakers. I was like, yo, man, that's Jack Nicholson over there sitting beside the bench. <laughs> and then I, t I, I remember telling my friend the first time Jack Nicholson said my name, I, it's like, I call all my friends. Hey, man, Jack Nicholson. Hey, Charles Barkley. I, 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 you know, it's one it's of those amazing. things. I said, Jack Nicholson knows who I am, y'all. And then Denzel would say hello to you. And that was the crazy thing about playing in the L.A. You saw all the stars sitting there. And then, like, your first, it take you, like, a little minute to get uh, 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 get used to that. There's Jack Nicholson sitting right beside the bench. He had my man from Hill Street Blues. There's Denzel Washington. There's Diane Cannon. There's Penny Marshall. There's Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger. And you're sitting there, and, like, I'm a 20-some-year-old kid, and all these guys who I'm watching in movies, because movies are my thing. Uh, yeah. I, I go to the movies. I, re I really miss the movies right now, because I yeah. used to go to the movies. Yeah. Oh, man, it sucks. It sucks not going to movies. But I'm a big movie buff. And it just really sucks not being able to go to the movies right now. But when you played the Lakers at the Forum. That was our home field advantage. Oh, 
It was crazy. You're talking about the sixth man in sports or whatever? Ours oh. was like the Screen Actors Guild showing up. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. right. We, we wave our Oscars at you. Yeah. Oh. And we'll be right back after this. You know the only thing I ever let interrupt my podcast? My dog. Take a minute now, please. Pet your dog while you learn about Bark, the company dedicated to making dogs happy. Every month, BarkBox designs and delivers a whole new collection of toys and treats just for your best bud. Every toy is tailored to your pup's size and play style. From squeaky plush toys from BarkBox to ultra-tough, durable ones from Super Chewer. Every treat is made with yummy, healthy, all-natural ingredients like pumpkin and sweet potato. Each box is inspired by a new theme and comes with fun surprises for you and your dog. For a limited time, they'll double your first box of goodies for free. I love making my dogs happy. Love it. It's my favorite thing in the world. And my dogs are obsessed with their chewable toys. BarkBox offers treats, keep my dogs healthy, and amazing new toys that keep my dogs entertained. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com slash Rob. So I came home to a little gift in my bathroom the other day from our friends at Harry's. To get what you want, you have to challenge the status quo and blaze your own trail. You know who challenged the status quo? Harry's. They saw customers getting ripped off by questionable products in the shaving industry and decided they had something better to offer. So instead of charging the same old ridiculous prices, Harry's found a way to make their beautifully designed razors, and they are beautiful, for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. Exceptional products, honest prices. That's Harry's. They have the highest customer satisfaction in shaving history and a no-risk trial. Don't like your shave? No worries. It's on them. Convenient subscription options that you can cancel at any time. And Harry's also has other self-care products that meet the same quality standards as their razors. Richly lathering, skin-softening body wash and scents like Redwood, Wildland, and Stone. And an extra high-quality, amazing-smelling deodorant for just five bucks. I love their stuff. I'm so impressed by Harry's products. All of it. It's all good. Don't settle for the status quo. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash Rob. That's harrys.com slash Rob for a $3 trial set. The weather is getting warmer. It's time to ditch the jackets and sweaters for shorts and tees. But there's no need to waste money on clothes that only last one season with Quince. Now you can get high quality pieces that never go out of style. You'll be wearing year after year. Quince has all the seasonal must-haves like 100% European linen shirts for $30, performance polos, and versatile flow-knit activewear. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering with the top factories, Quince cuts out the middleman and passes the savings directly onto you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. My producer recently made an order for Quince, and here's what he had to say. I'm really excited to revamp my closet with Quince. I cannot wait for my items to arrive from Quince. 
you know, I'm a sweater guy. I was looking at that burgundy cashmere crew neck. I love the blue chore jacket. Maybe I'll throw some joggers in there. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash Rob for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Rob to get free shipping and 360 day returns. Quince.com slash Rob. Hey, you know what I just found out? Yeah. I didn't know Marlon Brando was from Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, you think he's like a big New Yorker or something. Yeah, he's he's. So, so I, I when I watch movies and I, I, when I want to learn uh, learn something about somebody, I always go to the cast information. And I was watching for some reason. I'm, I've watched The Godfather one one and two like three times in the last month because of been course, on, well, as you yeah, should, as you should. Yes. And I says, I wonder where Marlon Brando's from. And it said Nebraska. I'm like, are you shitting me? And it's just amazing. Uh, People who got talent, they're everywhere. You know, Charles, when I left Nebraska, <laughs> I never wanted to come back. <laughs> well, I mean, the worst Marlon so, Brando ever so, done. So, you know, your longevity and my longevity are pretty good, man. I mean, I know. I, I've been in this since 1984. And you're in the Hall of Fame. I got to uh, get, uh, there should be an acting Hall of Fame. It's a bummer that, that I actually wanted to start an acting Hall of Fame. There's too many ever, people. We have awards, but we don't have a Hall of Fame. You guys yeah, have a Hall of Fame. How many? But it would be probably too many people. Like in the Basketball Hall of Fame, there's a little over 200 people. Wow. But there's way more than 200 actors or actresses who would be in there. That's true. I mean, because there's, I mean, it's just so many people who are talented. But how great would it be? Like, because I love when Major League Baseball has the list and they go, oh, you know, uh, Enos Cabell, he's been on this list now for eight years and he's, he's going to be done or whatever. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It would be hilarious. It'd be like, well, Brad Pitt's definitely getting in, but you know, or whatever, be like unbelievable. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I, I think people who can act, it's, it, I think it's, it's, it's like somebody who can sing, uh, if you can sing, like pe- people think they can sing, but they really can't. That's why they do karaoke, which I do. I mean, if you can fucking sing, you get paid to do it. If you do karaoke, you just like to drink and sing. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I-, I love to, I, I love karaoke because uh, I love to drink. What's but, your karaoke song? What's your throwdown? Okay, everybody has oh, their throwdown. What is yours? Oh, uh, Frank Sinatra, My Way. Okay, makes sense. Yeah, that's because uh, I, I actually love the words. Because uh, I've taken a few hits, but mm-hmm. I, you know, but you know, you just keep getting up, man. I, I like to say, I remember my first hit, Rob. So, my junior and senior year in high school, my junior year, we were really pretty good, and we made it to the state tournament, and we lost. We lost to a better team. My senior year, we were like the team. Uh, I wanted to win a state championship for my high school. It was like my only goal in life at that time. And we were undefeated, and we got upset. I was so shocked and disappointed. I kind of quit school for like a week or 10 days, and I flunked Spanish. And I went back, but I couldn't catch up in Spanish, so I didn't graduate. And I remember that night. It was the worst night of my life, probably, to be honest with you. So in my high school, I stood next door at, the baseball stadium on the top and watch all my classmates graduate. And I sit there and cry for two hours. It was brutal. 
And when I, I was sitting there for two hours just crying, and nobody in the world knew I was there either. And that, that broke my heart not to march. And I remember saying to myself, Charles, it's time for you to grow up and don't be at the mercy of the rest of the world. You did this shit to yourself. And for five years, I was mad. No, longer than that. Six years, I, I, I was mad at my dad because he, he came from California to see me graduate and just read me the ride act. And I, I was already down and he just crushed me. I was mad at this lady named Miss Gomez who flunked me in Spanish. And I was mad at every kid who made fun of me, calling me a dummy that I didn't graduate. And I used to play basketball and I was such a dick. I was angry. Every time I went up and down the court, I said, I'm going to stick it to my dad, every asshole who made fun of me and Mrs. Gomez. And I was not a good dude for a long time, Rob. And then one night, I remember I, I spit and, and it got on a little girl and I got suspended. And I remember sitting in my hotel room crying. And I, just, I was telling myself, man, you are such a fucking loser. And, and I was saying, why did you flunk Spanish? You, not Mrs. Gomez. And she says, why do you let your dad upset you that much? And what about those other losers? You don't kick somebody when they're down. You don't call kids dumb and things like that. And I remember just sitting there crying. And I said, okay, all this shit gone tonight. All this shit gone tonight. And I think it was my second year, maybe third year in the NBA. And from that point on, I said, I'm going to play basketball just because I'm great at it. And it really changed my life, man, because I was in a really dark place. I wasn't playing basketball to have fun. I was just playing uh, basketball to stick it to those three people, a bunch of people. And I had to get like, as a person, you got to want to be successful for yourself. You don't want to be successful to stick it to other people. You want to make your family proud. You want to make your kid proud. But the most important thing, you got to want to do good for yourself. But that was a really turning point for me. And I needed that because, man, I was playing basketball with the worst attitude. I was like, oh, no, 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 Miss Gomez, this is for you. Every time I grab a rebound, I want you to see me on TV kicking ass. But then I was like, no, man, it wasn't Miss Gomez's fault that you flunked Spanish. It was your fault. He said, you and your dad got to bury the hatchet and you got to get over that. And I said, hey. Kids do stupid things in high school. When they were calling you dummy, when they were graduating and you didn't, kids say stupid things, but you got to look yourself in the mirror and says, nah, you know what? It's on me. And uh, so that's, that was a really big life lesson for me. And that's why people love you is because you're, you're so honest and transparent about your growth and your journey and your, you know, this amazing fact that you can be, you know, a Hall of Fame basketball player, but have this amazing humility. It's that's that's why that, it, it's not just you guys are fucking funny every night on the damn show, which you are. <laughs> it's it's all it's all this other stuff, man. Yeah, but but Rob, I, I I tell people though, yo man, he's just a stupid basketball player, and I mean that <laughs> sincerely. I says, hey, we're not teachers, 
We're not firemen. We're not policemen. We're not somebody in the armed service. Uh, and now it, we're not these frontline workers. I'm like, yo, man, you dribble a basketball. And if you start thinking like, yeah, I'm the greatest thing. Like, no, you're a really good basketball player. That's it. There's some people out here who are really important and significant. And once I learned that, uh, that's why, because I, I tell people, man, hey, teacher, fireman, policeman, uh, people in the armed service, those are heroes. Guys who run for a thousand yards, dunk a basketball. And, and first of all, we got some amazing guys out there who can do that stuff too. I mean, I just saw the greatest football player, maybe the greatest athlete ever, Tom Brady, win his seventh Super Bowl. Yep. But, uh, and I, he's, he's the GOAT. He is the GOAT. But yeah, he is the GOAT. Sure. But it, it's just football. Yep. <laughs> hey, hey, yeah, That's it's right. just football. Yeah. When these people out here, these frontline workers are finally getting their due, those are heroes, man. Uh, I, I couldn't imagine the shit they do. No, can't. Uh, I, what they see, I, what they put up with, what they oh, expose them, literally expose themselves to. Oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. So, uh, we're living That's in a time I, of real of of real heroes. We're living in the time where the real heroes aren't wearing capes and masks, and you know they're they're out there every day doing it with no rec- very little recognition. And the only thing that can screw it up is Republicans and Democrats. These fucking idiots are screwing up our country. And I said it because they're both full of shit. Yeah. And and we got to start holding our politicians accountable. Yep. Uh, they are awful. This notion that you have to have a majority on every subject. It's got to be the stupidest, dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. You, you tell me you got to get 100 people together. It's got to be 51 and 49 on every subject. Come on, man. We got to start holding these politicians, Democrats and Republicans, accountable. They I want you to run. Shit. When are you going to run? You always talked about it. Yeah, yeah, I did. But I realized that, number one, they don't make any money. Yeah. Uh, and number two, they work all the time. Yeah, that's so the if you, Hey, uh, two things don't go together. Little money and working all the time. Those things don't go together. I know. So I, I get it. But boy, I would I would be your I bring out my West Wing character, Sam Seaborn, <laughs> and I would be your speechwriter, your your whatever you needed me to be. I tell you what, man. If you ever do it. If you ever do it, I'm just saying I'm there. I taught I've taught with the idea of being the governor of Alabama for the last four elections. Yep. And I could have ran as a Democrat or a Republican. Yep, you could. But the more I have studied the system, the system is so broken. They don't care about these people. Uh, They don't care about these people. And listen, I can do more. I can give more um, to to my charity work. So one of the things that I've been trying to do for the last X amount of years, I've been trying to give a million dollars a year away for my charity. So I did my high school first. Then I did my college. Uh, then I did, I'm doing Wounded Warriors. Yeah, I, I work with that, that the group. Yeah. They're great. So then I gave uh, black women in Alabama a million dollars to do IT startups. Wow, that's cool. I'm um, giving young black men an opportunity to learn to be carpenters, electricians, and plumbers. And then I just did five historically black colleges the last few years. So that's my goal uh, at this stage of my life great. is to give a million dollars a year away to charity. So that's the reason. I, but I'm only working a couple more years, Rob. I ain't lying. Uh, listen, I tell people, anybody working past 60 needed a better job. I'm not going to work to the day I die. 
I'm going to work two more years till I'm 60, then they can kiss my ass and find me on the golf course or at a fishing pond somewhere near you. I'm not working past 60. I love that. I... I, I, I wish I could say the same. I just know I'm just going to keep working. Cause I, but if, if, it, if I could just fish and golf with you, yeah. then I would, hey, I would retire. Hey, count me in. But see, cause you know, you, you have to ask yourself, you have to be realistic. How many more good years do you have in you? Right. Like the notion that you're going to be 75 and all your shit going to still be working and you can start enjoying life like, yeah, nice try. Mm-hmm. I mean, you are clearly you're closer to the end than the beginning. So I think 60 is a nice round number. And hey, give me five to seven to 10 years to travel the world, play golf a lot, fish a lot, right off into the sunset. No, you do want to you do want to call it while well, you can go on the golf course and still hit a driver a respectable distance. Yeah, I'm not at the stage where I'm playing old man golf yet. Where I hit it down, uh, right? down, yeah. a, down the middle, like 220, every fairway, and you hitting those hybrids into par fours. <laughs> yeah, we can't, we can't go there. That's that's yeah. too humiliating. No, that's way too humiliating. Like all my old football friends, you know, the, uh, I played football for one day and I realized they were fucking nuts. I'm like, and they can barely walk and they got all beat up bodies. Yeah, they hit it. They hit it right down the middle about 230. They hit every fairway. They got a bag full of woods. They got the three wood, the four wood, the five wood, the seven wood. And uh, we have a great time out there, though. Well, when you come to Santa Barbara next, I, it was great when Michael used to do his camp oh. out here. That was the best because the it was it was great, wasn't it? Yeah, it's the best. But so when this is all over, now we have you have my number. I have your number. I I would love to. I'll take you to my club. Vice versa. It's been too 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 long. Um, and and give Shaq a big hug for me when you see him too. I've, well, I haven't man, seen, seen my big brother in a long time. It's been a long well, time. Number one, you know, I got a lot of love and respect for you, man. I'm really proud of the success you had. I told you the first time I met you. And I only said this about two men, too. I said, you and Tom Brady, y'all pretty men. Uh, I, I joke around all the time. Every time I see Tom, I said, Tom, you're a pretty man. And, I, and I, every time I see one of your commercials now, I said, oh, that Rob Lowe, he's a pretty man. Uh, so, man, thanks for having me on. If you ever need me again, uh, anytime. And I would love to play golf. And listen, I told you, I'll try to fishing with you out on the ocean again. And, and listen, I, I can do lakes with the best of them. I do some bass fishing, do some redfish fishing, go to Louisiana and do some shit. Last time I did, did Jimmy Kimmel, uh, we started talking about fishing. And he says, you know, I just bought a place in Idaho. I want you to come visit me during the summer. And I told Jimmy, hey, don't be inviting black people places because they're coming. Black people ain't going to never turn down no invitation to go somewhere. So Jimmy going to be like, First of all, I'm probably going to be the only black person in Wyoming. In Idaho. I'm going uh, to show up. I'm gonna say, a, what, I say, hey, where does Jimmy Kimmel live? He don't even have to give me the address. Everybody's going to know where Jimmy Kimmel lives. <laughs> That's great. Well, you can crash my house anytime you want. Anytime. This is great. I love you, man. This is so fun. I appreciate it, my brother. And uh, let me know. I'll come, I'll come do uh, you and Kenny. That'll be fun. I'll get in the steam room. Uh, I look forward to it, my brother. You take care of yourself. Hey, everybody, y'all got everything you need? We're so good. Okay, brother. All right, Chuck. Love you, Bam. Uh, love you too, brother. Be safe. All right. Wow. That was... What a guy. I mean, right? I mean, if you could pick anybody to play golf with or fish with or hang with or have a beer with, 
I don't think anybody would top Charles. I mean, right? And after hearing that interview, I know you agree with me. Uh, that was pretty special. Okay, before I sign off today, uh, we're going to try a little something new, something fun over here, literally. It's called it's the Lowdown, lowdown line. line. Hello, you've reached literally in our Lowdown Line, where you can get the lowdown on all things about me, Rob Lowe. 323 570 4551. So have at it. Here's the beep. Hey, Rob. Jeff calling from uh, Northern Virginia. Thanks for a fantastic podcast. You really provide a service. Question for you a book recommendation. You recommended David Niven's uh, The Moon's a Balloon. I've never heard of it. Uh, bought the book from Amazon UK and enjoyed literally every single page. Just uh, un- unbelievable um, work of art from his childhood to Hollywood in the 30s, World War II, uh, and all the interesting stuff afterwards in a neat family story. Um, you've recommended other fantastic books. Would, would really like to know what else you recommend, or can you come out with a list on your show of, of Rob Lowe must-reads or your top 20? Uh, I really look forward to that. Um, and, and, again, just uh, I, I cannot tell you what an experience I had with with the Moons of Blue. Thank you so much for everything. Bye. Well, Jeff from Northern Virginia. By the way, I love North, that you're from Northern Virginia. It's like you're in a, a, a Civil War battalion. I love that. Um, thank you. I'm glad you liked Moons of Balloon. It, it's it 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 uh, you know was my inspiration for for writing my two books. Um, so the Northern Virginia Civil War thing made me think of one of my favorite books, which is called The Killer Angels, and it is a book. Uh, I believe it won the Pulitzer Prize, and it is sort of the definitive account of the Battle of Gettysburg. And you don't have to be a historian or a Civil War buff to to read it, nor should you be. It's just the most beautifully written, emotional, um, very short books I've ever read. Um, So that's The Killer Angels. Um, Another one I am loving uh, is, um, I believe it's called Under the Comanche Moon. Um, And I just heard... That Paul Thomas Anderson, one of my favorite directors, is has been secretly working on the movie adaptation of Under the Comanche Moon. So that is going to be one of the great movies of all all time. Um, and there you have it. Thanks. I love that. I need to do like an Oprah's book, like recommendation thing. Oprah, I'm coming for you. This is just the first version of it. Look out. There's more to come. So um, I'll see you all next week. And thanks for listening to Literally. You have been listening to Literally with Rob Lowe. Produced and engineered by me, Devin Tory Bryant. Executive produced by Rob Lowe for Low Profile. Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco. And Colin Anderson and Chris Bannon at Stitcher. The supervising producer is Aaron Blaird. Talent producer, Jennifer Samples. Please rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts. And remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. has been a Team Coco production in association with Stitcher. I love fast cars, but there aren't, 
a ton of high performance TVs. They're certainly out here there. But when I when I get a chance to get behind the wheel of one, it's I love it. And I was blown away by the Kia EV6 GT. When you get behind the wheel of the Kia, it, it is literally like being in a state-of-the-art rocket ship, but also comfortable. The thing goes from zero to 60 in 3.4 seconds. It is the premium driving experience. And of course, it's an EV. So the climate thanks you. SiriusXM provides access to over 165 channels in the vehicle. Music, sports, news, comedy, yacht rock. Let's go. Little little steely Dan going in your Kia. Come on now. So check it out today. It is the all-electric Kia EV6 GT. I had a blast checking it out. Believe me, you should do it yourself via kia.com slash EV6. To learn more, that is kia.com slash EV6. Kia, movement that inspires.